0: Grace, mercy, and peace to you through Jesus. Amen. So Nicodemus comes knocking on the door of Jesus at night. Who are you is the main question. No one could speak and do the things you do if the, if the, unless the hand of God were not significantly upon you. Who are you, Jesus? Jesus had such an authoritative way of speaking. He, Nicodemus calls him good teacher. Do you remember when the people of God would say, uh, this Jesus, he speaks with such authority. And Nicodemus and others are recognizing that. What does that mean, that he he had a kind of a, a bold way to speak, a really deep voice that carried? Probably not. I think what it means with his authority that he brought to his ministry was that it was original. It was as if he was the source of it all. So typically a rabbi, a teacher, would reference his teacher who referenced another teacher, and teaching was a matter of mastering other people's material, duplicating it and passing it on, maybe making commentary on it. Jesus would say something like, you've heard Moses say? Okay, so he leapfrogs all of that, goes to Moses. But I tell you, you have a revelation that Moses was not even privy to? as if you are the source of divine truth. That's called authority. And then with the great signs he did, he was speaking, showing to the world, speaking through the signs that the kingdom of God is coming through me. And so who are you? The spirit is blowing in Nicodemus' life. There's a curiosity about Jesus. Who are you? And what does Jesus do? He turns it to Nicodemus. Nicodemus, you need to be born again. I think it's good for us as we pay attention to the Sunday's lessons, the characters in the season of Lent, that we pay attention to where Jesus goes with his grace and his mercy because he's going where the wound is, where the scar is. Sometimes we don't even know what is the wound that we're supposed to be paying attention to or what really needs God's grace. So let's follow God's lead here. What is the wound here that Nicodemus seems to have? He needs to be born again. He's not saved. This religious elite, this admirable political elite, this well-connected, well-informed, Hebrew Scriptures-loving guy was not saved. The Spirit of God is moving him to knock on the door of Jesus, to have conversation with Jesus, and now Jesus is bringing it home. Nicodemus, you need to be born again. May I ask a really obnoxious question very personal and it's a question that we pastors are called to ask do you need to be born again and I might be speaking only to one person here today and I know you're here and the spirit of God has called you here There's a reason here. The Spirit is moving in your heart. Are you sensing the Spirit calling you to finally surrender unto God and to be saved? You've been playing games enough with God now. Are you sensing a conviction that Jesus is speaking to you as if he's speaking to Nicodemus? Do you need to be saved? If you're at all feeling that move of the spirit in your heart today, please call me up and let's have coffee this week. And when you do come to the Lord's supper today, consider this your altar call. This is where you can really surrender all to Jesus and have that sort of prayer with him and then receive into your hands the very gift of eternal life, his body and his blood shed for you. But look me up. Let's have conversation. So I ask that obnoxious question, are you saved? Do you need to be born again? And where do, what typically happens now? Where does the conversation go? In our own brain, it goes something like this, or our own heart, it goes something like this. Curved in on ourself, we start asking that question. And I know you've had that, these questions, because I have them and I struggle with them a lot. Is my faith strong enough? Is my faith strong enough? Well, it says that uh, you're, by your fruits, you're supposed to know who is saved. And my fruits, the works of my life, I don't know if there's evidence to show that I'm a real Jesus follower. I haven't won anybody over to the kingdom of God. Do my works follow me? Am I good enough? If only people knew my past. Um, experiences my next door neighbor had a born again experience and it happened at a such and such a time and she can name the time and the place when suddenly the spirit of God fell into her and she just was ch- absolutely changed I've never had anything like that I don't have an experience of being saved do you see how all of this is curved in on itself the Bible I'm still at a John three sixteen level and honestly, I don't have any more curiosity or wherewithal to move beyond that. I don't seem to love the Bible like a lot of my church members do. Am I saved? Or maybe I read the Bible all the time, but it looks more like a textbook to me, something like a project. It hasn't yet become life to me. Am I saved? You see how that all goes in on itself? That conversation? And this is probably what's happening with Nicodemus right now. Where does Jesus take this conversation? So it goes this way. Who are you, Jesus? Nicodemus, you need to be saved. And then the conversation swirls around, am I saved? How do I know I'm saved? And there's no certainty ever. You'll never find any certainty if you're just dealing with yourself because you know how shakable you all are. We're all so shaky in our experiences and our emotions and our minds. There's no solid ground there. And then Jesus talks about himself. And he directs the attention, instead of going in on ourself, he directs it outward and he says the son of man must be lifted on lifted high like the snake was lifted on a pole and all who bit it and looked, bit, were bit by a snake and looked at it were lived. So he's directing the eyes of Nicodemus onto the son of man that must be direct, lifted up to be saved. Now, this was a, metaf- uh, a story that, 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 that Nicodemus understood. As a Hebrew person, he would have known this story of, of the snake in the wilderness. And a lot of us don't, so I'm going to give you a 30-second review of this story, what's so, what's so important. Moses re- leads the people of, e- of Israel out of Egypt. Now they're wandering in the wilderness. God is shaping them. They're continuing to sin and to grumble against God. And in anger and in wrath over such sin, God sends snakes into the camp. The snakes bite the people. They begin to die. They cry out to God. They cry out to Moses. Moses cries out to God. God, what shall we do? And God says, fashion a bronze snake, put it on a pole, and lift it up. And all who look at it, if they've been bitten, will live. I love God's way of dealing with us. Fashion the very thing that has bit you and the thing that you're most scared of. Put it on a pole, and if you look at it, you'll live. He's kind of rubbing our nose into it, isn't it? Into our sin. Look at the snake. And why would they do that? Because they've been told? Because they're desperate? Because they have nothing else to do? And so they're doing it out of obedience, out of need, out of trust, faith in the words, the command to do it. That's called faith. And so faith looks to something. Faith is the thing that directs our eyes to the proper thing. Faith is that hand that clings to what is most saving. And what is Jesus directing Nicodemus's eyes to behold and to cling to the one lifted on a cross and Jesus becomes that snake he becomes that thing that has bit you and is causing you death it says in the bible that he became sin itself that we'd become righteous He died that you would live. God's way. If you think lifting a a snake is silly, try lifting God squirming on a cross so dark and ugly, sin itself dying as something saving. And why would we do that? Because the Spirit is directing our faith to look to Jesus. You must be born again. What that means, and the scriptures are really clear the water and the Spirit, that is baptism language. Paul speaks in Romans chapter 6 of what happens in our baptism. In baptism, we're connected to the very person hanging on a cross. In baptism, we die because Jesus has died. We are buried because he has been buried. We are raised because he has been raised. In other words, we've already been born again. We've already died in Jesus. We are made new in Jesus. Don't look here. Look there. To Jesus. When you come to the Lord's Supper... Consider this a moment of devotional practice in which you can pay attention to the one lifted on a cross for you. Recognize the Spirit of God having blown in your life already. That's why you're here. That's why you're communing. That's why you're so thankful for your Savior. And pray that all of you, every part of you, would just be given to this saving God. In Jesus' holy name.